Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to embrace your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help people find and live their truest selves. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, hit the follow and subscribe button, share with friends and on your socials. I'm at the very beginning of the Scenes of Beauty journey and it helps more than you know to grow the platform. Sophie Lay, Soph Thick Fitness on Instagram, is a content creator who dedicates conversation to body acceptance. Soph is someone that has faced so many fears with her body, from gaining weight, losing weight, not being able to look at herself in a mirror, and she's come on a whole journey where she now accepts and loves her body for exactly what it is. We talk loads about the battles that Soph has faced, both with her weight, but also as being a woman and the relationship that she has with her body, and the impact that diet culture has had on her throughout her entire life. Sophie was really open and honest about her experiences throughout the entire episode. She shares things that I think a lot of us will face day to day but never actually have the courage to say out loud. I definitely related to a lot of things that she was talking about. If you've listened to the podcast before you'll know just how passionate I am about diet culture and the relationships that we have with our food and with our body. Sophie shares loads of bits of advice and information that you can hopefully take away from this episode and implement into your daily lives to help you relieve some of the pressures that you're putting on yourself and better manage the relationship you have with your body. Here's Sophie's version of beauty. This episode of the Scenes of Beauty podcast is sponsored by WeGlow. WeGlow is a fitness app at your fingertips. Its workouts are designed around lifestyle and building foundations that allow you to actually stick to your goals. 95% of New Year's resolutions are fitness related and only 8% of people actually stick to their goals that they set out to achieve. I'm a huge advocate of fitness and really do believe that movement plays a huge part in loving ourselves and building confidence. I've been using the WeGlow app for the past year and it has completely changed my life and the relationship that I have with working out. The reason I love it so much is because it's adaptable based on my goals. There are options to take part in fitness challenges and programs or you can simply search their library of workouts to find something suitable for your mood on the day which is how I tend to use it. My favourite programs are always the full body ones. If you take working out a little more seriously, you can use WeGlow to upload photos, input your goals and track your workouts and calories, or you can use it more loosely as a go-to guide as and when you work out. WeGlow have kindly given the Scenes of Beauty listeners an additional 20% off their monthly membership when you sign up before the 31st of March with code SCENES20. That's S-C-E-N-E-S 20. So download the WeGlow app and sign up for your new membership now. Hi Sophie. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. We haven't. We did just chat a minute, but it's actually snowing outside. Which Is it snowing where you are? No, I was just going to say it's absolutely pouring here. Yeah, my partner woke up. He was like, is it snowing? I was like, no, we don't ever get snow in like Exeter. Um, if we do, it's like... Outskirts, never. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope you get the snow day. Um, but how are you? I'm good, my love. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling okay today. Hopefully, as the day goes on, I feel a bit better as well. But um, yeah. just a bit of a, a duller morning, I suppose. I think my mood's always affected by like the sun. So, like, hopefully, if it comes out, I'll feel a bit better. <laughs> yeah, I always think that. I always say, actually, I was one of those people who's meant to be born in like a climate that's above 25 degrees because I just don't burn well into you know yes honestly I totally feel that me and my um partner were traveling that was just like our life um and like since lockdown we just came back because we felt like that was the right thing to do and we got stuck in Samoa for um two and a half months and when the lockdown happened which was a way better situation than being in the UK but I just genuinely feel like um I'm supposed to be living my life on the southern hemisphere somewhere but, like, <laughs> I'm here. Um, but we make it work we make it work if you so, get the opportunity to take me with you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um so let's get into it like I start most episodes with just a bit of background um and I do that because I think people who have built a social following and built a platform online you we kind of see the version of you that is now maybe a few years ago or why you're storytelling in the way but we never actually see like the where you grew up what was family like like what's driven you to to the storytelling point so give us a bit of the background god how much how much time we got (laughs) so I um I've always struggled as like a teenager as a kid like with my weight and I am literally like Best, sorry, my cats are just very vocal this morning. Um, I have always struggled like with my weight and I adore my mum. Like she's my best friend, but she was huge victim to like the diet industry. Um, and it's so apparent like when you look at it now, but I definitely got caught up with that um, as a teen um, because all I ever saw my mum doing was dieting. Um, so I really, really like struggled with that um in well, terms of, like my- I'm just gonna pick out things as you go because we by the way we also just said like we're gonna get really emotional talking about yeah. this <laughs> a lot and I think a lot of women face this but what do you mean by struggled with your weight so like as a teen I was always like the bigger one of the friend group like I kind of like bounced around a few friend groups um I just felt like I kind of got on with a lot of people um but out of every single my cat's got my hair you can see that um <laughs> Out of all of the friend groups that I was in, I was always the biggest. Um, I just was naturally bigger as a as a kid. Um, and I think it kind of like stemmed from that, um, which was 
quite a tough thing to deal with, I think, um, at quite a young age when you're seeing every single other person in a, a much thinner body than you and you're thinking, well, why am I like the odd one out? Um, my family was like, we're, we're so close. Like we are so close. We've always been so close. But I think you just, you're following your like parents' footsteps and whatever my mum was going through, I would just inevitably pick up. Like she would one day, like one month be doing Atkins and then the next month be doing like Weight Watchers. Um, slimming world and then I would like like 13 would be going to like school <clears throat> and I'll have just had two um I'll have like tried to cut out all carbs and I'd get back and I'd have like two um tortilla wraps I, I remember shoving them like in my face like I, I couldn't even breathe I was just shoving them I was trying to like hide it while I was in the kitchen um and I kind of like had this little realization but it wasn't anything like pivotal it was just oh my god what am I doing um and that's the first moment I realized that um, I'd been really affected by like diet culture or like kind of my environment. Um, so that was really like tricky for me to kind of like navigate. And ever since then, I've just been really in a really weird place with my, like my relationship with my body <clears throat> and my food. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a little fog in my throat. Um, and I was like, do you know what? Um, my cousin was um, like bigger as well when he was younger. Um, and he got his personal training qualification. And he was like, look, just come to the gym with me. I think I was like 16 at the time, maybe 17. And he's like, look, just come to the gym with me. Let's just see how it goes. Um, and oh my God, I loved it. Um, and he kind of gave me this spiel about like, look, you want to be like encompassing this with like healthy eating because, um, you know, coming to the gym, it won't really be beneficial for you. If you want to see results, which I did want to see. Yes. Oh my god i feel like they could be the main characters of the show um it can be a background narrative literally <laughs> jumping on each other um basically, um i remember going home um because i felt like i'd got the support from him and then i went home um, and the first thing i did was order a chinese um and it was because i was like hiding that part of myself from like what i wanted um and then he messaged me because my mum had like told him because i said that like, i wanted to kind of like start on this fitness journey and um, he was like I've heard you've had a Chinese da, 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 da. and I think my mum was trying to help but at the same time I felt like I'd been like told on um but yes yeah, so basically from then on um my cousin really helped me to try and like stop my like over excessive like eating habits um and unfortunately over the years like I, I got my personal training qualification myself like I lost a lot of weight I felt really good in my body um and it's only been in the last couple of years when I've like really analyzed what I was going through. I couldn't walk past a reflection without looking at myself. I would actually get really annoyed at people in the street if they didn't check me out. Um, and that was something that I had to admit to myself um, because I became that self-absorbed. I wasn't ever a nasty person. Like I've, I've always been, I always say I've been a pretty lovely person. Um, and when I got my PT qualification, started working at Virgin Active and was training my clients, um, we all had an amazing time. But for myself, I wouldn't treat myself the way I was treating my clients. Um, and yeah, I would get annoyed if people didn't check me out. And I think that's a big telling, a kind of like how I've, felt like I only needed validation like from external sources which is really sad um but that's kind of like what I had gotten to um and I then went away and did Camp America 
Um, I really wanted to travel. Like it was, I just really, really wanted to do it. And I went to um, a Girl Scout camp in Maryland. It's in the middle of nowhere. Like the huts were on stilts sort of thing. Um, and it was, it was an experience, um, but it was, it was a really like humbling experience. Um, but unfortunately there wasn't like much food that I could have at camp that was really suited to me because I was veggie at the time. Um, and I, I looked back at the photos and I lost a lot of weight while I was there. Um, and then I came back and that was in 2015. I came back, started working at Virgin Active again, started getting back into my weightlifting. Um, my relationship with my body was still very like misunderstood like by myself. Um, and I took 2016 off of like traveling, didn't do any traveling. Um, and then, in 2017, I was like, Do you know what? I really want to go back to camp again. Um, so a friend referred me to a different camp and it was like a boy girl camp. So it was like one side of the camp was boys, one side of the camp was girls. Um, and that's where I met my um, fiance. And he is literally the best thing ever. And I always said I wanted to meet someone who, if I said, right, should we go to the Bahamas? He'll go, yeah, let's go, let's make it work. Um, you know, and he was just very much in that traveling mindset as well. And we just ended up traveling for years and years. So we went and did obviously the camp together in 2017. Then I went and did a ski season with him in France. And then I went to um, camp again with him as a couple, like the year after. Then we went to live in New Zealand for a year and a half. And I really feel like all of that traveling really in a way healed my relationship with my body because it wasn't, I wasn't waking up. I wasn't looking in the mirror. I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't seeing what pump I'd got. I was like, literally, I was experiencing life. Um, and that really distracted me from like my own head. Um, and I was really grateful for those experiences. Obviously, no days are perfect. But for me, traveling saved me, like in a way, because I got to experience be living outside of my own head. Um, and that was really, really important for me. Um, we did amazing amazing things like and I've always struggled with my weight um and when I became a PT I did become very very slim um very like lean and toned but obviously nothing is ever like good enough um so I did definitely still struggle with like my body dysmorphia like while I was traveling but it wasn't as prevalent in like my brain and it wasn't like the fourth front it was um it was kind of fleeting but it was it was still there um and it wasn't until lockdown happened like I've said before like we got um stuck in Samoa for, for two and a half months during COVID because we had just lived in New Zealand and we were supposed to do a big world trip like to go work in like Hawaii and like a hostel and all of that and we didn't end up making it because they locked everything down so um that we were next to um a cafe um that literally like me and my partner are vegan and it was a full vegan cafe that we couldn't believe it. And they did like noodles and like nachos and um, smoothies, like big, huge, like chunky monkey smoothies. And like, we were just like indulging every single day. Um, and I think when we slowed down from traveling, it really made me um, kind of like focus on that food aspect again. Um, so that felt a little bit like triggering for me. Um, and when we when we came back um, to the UK, we were never supposed to stay in the UK. It was supposed to be Australia, but then Australia had those like restrictions. Um, we just never made it. We just never made it back. Nothing was like the right timing. Um, and my fiance is now training to be a stuntman. So he um, is like, I need to stay in the UK to be able to get everything and really focus on the training. So we were like, let's just do that. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll try and 
focus on how I'm feeling and share that online and see if anybody else, because um, I started to feel alone again, because again, we'd like slowed down. It was in this little flat in the middle of this like, like town that wasn't very nice. And um, like, I couldn't even walk onto my balcony without someone shouting up at the balcony. Like, and I just, it was quite a scary time. So I was stuck inside for like six months. And that's when like the Christmas lockdown happened. And I was diagnosed with endometriosis like within that time and I put on like four stone in like two months um and I did not recognize myself like mentally emotionally physically I just I lost myself I lost my confidence I lost my voice um I just I lost my personality um I couldn't have a conversation with someone without arguing I couldn't like I was I was really struggling um and it was the first time I'd actually realized what a real struggle was. Like I was struggling all of those years before, but I was still able to get up and do life. Um, and during like that lockdown period, um, it was, oh my God, it makes me, it does make me really emotional thinking about it. I just think, bless her. Like she did not know what was about to happen. Um, so I started my, um, I was like, do you know what? I really want to start helping people when we um first moved into this flat um I was still like trying to train people online um, I was feeling really good I was like these next six months I'm going to get through the winter we're going to train with my clients I'm going to feel like really really good um and I got shared on misguided's page um so one of the, the photos I used to post a lot of like mirror photos um and it got shared on misguided's page and I swear it was like one of their highest liked photos because I, I tried to stalk and see like and I'm sure it had such an amazing response um and I gained 35,000 followers in one night just from that post so I was thinking wow this is amazing like I can really um spread a message here that can help people I can do my online PT and I can also have social media to really kind of like help with that I felt really positive and then I got up to like 50,000 and I was like wow this is incredible I can really start making this a business and then and I woke up one morning and I couldn't get into my account um and basically it turns out I got hacked um and I was being held at ransom for two and a half thousand pounds um so I stupidly stupidly but we'll learn um put my number in my Instagram bio for any brands and stuff to contact me so when I got hacked I had this it was a Turkish number we found out um I had this person message me on my whatsapp saying hello my friend and I was like Okay, that's weird. Um, and they sent a screenshot of like my, like a story that I put up. It was like, sh I shared my own post on my story, but then when they screenshotted it, all of the text was in Turkish. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, long story short, um, this lasted about two weeks and they were sexually threatening me. Um, the stuff that they said to me were, was vulgar. Like, um, I got the police involved, um, but there was just no way of trying to like, track them um they basically hacked into you I was like a hacker's dream like I had all of the same passwords I feel like a lot of people do as well but they use that password in my email uh, managed to get into my email and divert the alert messages from Instagram um, and I just felt like as my life was starting and I, I, I felt positive about living and kind of like working on this life in the UK um it all got, and I became paranoid. Um, I so paranoid. I was emotionally exhausted. Um, my binge eating came back in full force. Like I would be gagging as I was eating, but I couldn't stop eating. Um, and I just, the, 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 um, 
gyms obviously all went on lockdown as well so everything just kind of happened at once um I started getting really bad pains like my periods have always been bad but like I started getting really bad pains and I was like this isn't right something's not right um and basically I was trying to find out what was like wrong with me started to kind of research into endometriosis and really kind of started to believe that I had it but yeah so it went down to um, we moved down to Exeter to try and get a bit of a change um and I thought it would help but my problems only got worse because I wasn't working on myself um and yeah the the weight just just carried on being put on and it wasn't a slow process it was just a very very quick process like um but I realized that because something was wrong with me I could feel something was wrong and um, I couldn't get off the sofa for three weeks of the month um and so yeah so I kind of like um went through this whole like self-diagnosis phase you kind of like enter in like groups and stuff to find out like you don't like google what's wrong with you but like I tried to start finding groups on Instagram and stuff when um about endometriosis and I was like I relate to all of this um and I think that just threw like another spanner in the works for me because I was just like oh my god my binge eating's come back I've just put on all this weight I could potentially have endometriosis like what else is going to happen <laughs> um and like fast forward to like May 2021 um I had a, like a consultation with a private endometriosis specialist and and I ended up having surgery in August 2021 like a laparoscopy and I got my endometriosis removed um he found that it was stage four so it was like very like widespread um, and that was quite validating for me to kind of hear that I did have it um because I've been suffering for so long but it's just been a really crazy 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 journey um I say long story short but it wasn't a short story but um it's, it's just been very like up and down trying to find myself losing myself find myself losing myself but I feel like people they have that through life but everyone's story looks slightly different don't they yeah and I think let's let's tap into it because it's interesting you say you know ups and downs and I think everyone does I think what a lot of us do like there's there's some some things you said in there that I can really relate to and you said the thing about um you know not wanting people to like wanting people to look at you and if they didn't like, I was like oh my god I, I, I do that and I instantly I was just like oh my god so let's 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 unravel some of what you just said so I think first and foremost really want to talk about you said something about your mum being in the diet you know having that diet culture which we face different challenges now but they had a really weird relationship with this diet culture like we're we're a lot more educated however it's so much more in our faces because 100 percent but it's really interesting because I think every woman or the majority of women, their relationship with their bodies and with their relationship with food starts with their mum or a parent. Um, so just talk about that and like the realities of it and like things you maybe saw or like what you learn or what you were kind of not literally told, but like metaphorically told. Absolutely. Like, um, like I said, I would see my mum struggle with the relationship with her body like every day. Um you know, she would tell me I'm beautiful, but then I would see, she would then go and stand in the mirror and completely criticize herself. So for me as a kid, like as an adolescent, like looking at that, you're like, well, which one is it? 
like I, I don't understand like there's a lot of inconsistencies here um are you saying that to me just because I'm your daughter and I should be treating myself the way you're treating yourself like how how is this it's not making sense to me um and I basically have had so many conversations with my mum over the years um and I'm just a very honest person and I'm I I want the best for everybody. Um, so I did a lot, a lot of trauma unpacking and um, realization kind of like conversations with my mum. They weren't always the, the best. There was a lot of arguments um, and a lot of tears. Um, but me and my mum have never been in such an amazing place as we are now with each other and ourselves. She is so much kinder to herself. She realizes how much she was sucked into the diet industry. And that's only because like you say, we're in an age of education now, I was able to kind of like sit her down and say, look, what you're doing is it's not okay. Um, it's not okay firstly for yourself um and it's not okay for the people that you're necessarily talking to it could be quite triggering for them and she didn't really understand it until I'd been um like kind of diagnosed with endo and I, I put on all that weight um she didn't really understand kind of what I was going through like um she's always been supportive but she because she'd never really experienced it um I think it's really hard or if you have it so she had experienced it sorry but um it was always that she was trying to make herself thinner it was never that she'd put on an excessive amount of weight so she didn't really understand that side of things but in terms of struggling with her body she's always obviously always done that um so when I was going through that she was saying right okay so maybe we can just get up and we can just like exercise a bit more and we can do this and I'm thinking my fatigue is so bad right now. I feel like I've got flu times a million. All of my joints are swollen. It was all of these new symptoms that I really wasn't used to. So for someone to tell me that, that was just like, you're making me feel like more of a failure than I already am. And was so, that before or after like these conversations or like during? During, like as I was going through kind of like my weight gain, um, I was trying to say to my mum, like, um, I'm just trying to accept myself for who I am like this is obviously a tough time in my life that I'm going through um I I need to be kind to myself that's it I don't need any like maliciousness I don't need any not that she's ever malicious but towards myself I don't need any of that um and she's just always been very hard on herself so I think she kind of like thought that maybe that's how I needed to be with myself to kind of get my a into g and like you know sort my life out but it wasn't like that I was dealing with a chronic condition that I've always had but had become very prevalent in the last like few years um and it was it was just a very weird we went through a really weird part in our relationship because we were always arguing um because I was saying you need to be kind to yourself and she's like I am I am and then I would like she'd be like right I'm doing this diet this week and then she'd get like the whiteboard out right I'm sticking this on the on the wall and I'm like you're doing it again I was like, every single week you're doing something different. Um, I said, you can't rely on motivation because motivation is fleeting. You, you need to find something consistent in your life that you can stick to that makes you happy, that makes you fulfilled. Um, and it took a long time to get it through her head um, that she was really treating herself this way. Um, and me putting on weight and going through those struggles that I have was the best thing that ever happened to me and the best thing that's ever happened to me and my mum because it allowed me to stop being so 
flipping vein um, and it allowed me to really learn to love like myself and start crying um but I'm so glad I had that because I never experienced mental health struggles like it um and my mum she bless her she didn't have a choice she was coming on that journey with me you know I was dragging her into all of the healing that I was trying to do and I'm so glad that I stuck by her because I was having some conversations with my dad and he said you know your mum has struggled so much over these years and you know I've seen it firsthand he said but I've never been able to get the answers out of her um that you have I've never been able to dig that deep um I was like well it's just because I'm bossy like I'm she's coming on it with me because you know she deserves to be free. yeah I think it's I think it's interesting because um I'm on a bit of a thing of being kind to yourself and self-love and that kind of thing and we'll talk about that in a second but it's funny when you start to think about it you realize how bad people speak to themselves and how open they are about it and I've started to call people out on it so like if they like at work for example I literally say we don't talk about ourselves like that like they'll say but I notice myself saying it a lot which means that people are talking shit about themselves openly a lot and it's it's so bad so like how did that journey start for you and what are some of the ways of being kind to yourself because it's interesting you say about like your mum reinventing the wheel I do it a lot and I have like this Sunday night ritual where I'll write down a list of like what's gone well in the week and what hasn't gone well. But then I will talk about binge eating in a second because I could talk for years on it. Um, But I struggle with binge eating a bit and I do it. And then I'm like, right, tomorrow we'll start a new day. And I write a whole life plan. And that is obviously, you just said there, like not a a great thing. So just talk about like how you noticed it, how you started, what are some of the things you kind of implemented to be kinder to yourself? I think my whole life was mirror checking um, and not in a good way. Um, it would be, I'd do a set of something. Can I see my abs yet? Um, I do a set of something. Can I, can I see more definition in my arms yet? Um, and when you go into the gym and, and you're wanting to change your physique, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I always, always say it has to be fueled from the right perspective. Um, when I gained weight, um, and I'm not saying that gaining weight is a bad thing, like at all. Like I needed it. I needed to find myself. Like that is the bottom line. Um, I never would have become who I am if I hadn't have gone through those struggles. Um, but I avoided the mirror completely. So it was a weird experience for me to kind of like be constantly mirror checking, be constantly needing that validation from other people to not even wanting to catch a glimpse of my reflection or look in the mirror. Um and I actually went to like a body dysmorphic um, disorder panel the other night. And they did say that that is one of the um, kind of like symptoms or one of the actions um, that you go through is complete mirror checking or complete avoidance. Um, and I have obviously kind of like done both of those. So that was really interesting to hear because I thought it was just mirror checking, but obviously the avoidance things comes into it as well. But one of the things that I've spoken about since the start of my Instagram journey and for anyone that I speak to like over the years um is get a little journal a little book and every day I will start crying so I'm going to take this slow (laughs) um every day write three things in it that you like about yourself um you're allowed to write one physical one emotional and one mental thing you just write it down can be small can be long whatever but three bullet points you write it down you close the book 
And the next day you go and you write them down. Yeah. And then the next day you go and you write them down. At the end of the week, you've got seven days worth of like things that you love about yourself but every day they have to be different and what I encourage people to do as well is rather than just write them down in a journal um you can either cut them out or you can just write them on post-it notes and then put them in a box um, and then at the end of the week you can stick those post-it notes up on your mirror um and you can just look at everything that you are that you believe that you are for that week um you know like I am kind that I am patient I like my eyelashes I had a good eyelash day today or like but it's allowing yourself to Focus on the physical because I think it's important. We 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 live with ourselves. You know, we know what we look like. We we pick ourselves apart. So I think allowing yourself to write down something physical um, sometimes can be challenging, but I think it's necessary um, to kind of feel that connection to yourself. But also, don't use all of them as a physical point. So pick like an emotional and pick um, a mental state. You're really digging deeper than the external, um, but have them in front of you. Like a lot of us are very much like out of sight, out of mind. Um, so if you can actually see them like in front of you on those post-it notes, I think it's really important. Yeah. And I forced myself, forced myself when I realized how much I was avoiding the mirror. I forced myself to sit and look at my like reflection because I didn't like what I saw. But then again, I've never liked what I saw. And what I had to remind myself was that I have had body confidence issues at every single size that I have been. And that's what I had to keep remembering. Like I would call myself every slur under the sun, looking at, looking at my body. Um, and I had to keep saying to myself, like that kind of angel devil situation. I had to keep like bringing the angel back in. And I was like, you know what? Um, you've had, you've been insecure your whole life. Stop yeah. this. Like, How do you just on the, just on the post-it notes thing, like if, because we are in a world of, self-care and manifesting and meditating and da 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 and and even that bit of it's overwhelming but I do think if you are listening to this and you just eye rolled at the whole post-it note thing because people do like it's like the put the picture of the younger self on your mirror and everyone eye rolls absolutely it sounds like such a small thing but it's so powerful like it it's it's crazy how quickly your mind switches when you just start to input words yeah, 100%. About yourself. Totally agree. Like what I've realized is as corny and as cheesy as things are, nothing is more important than you. No. I know it's so cheesy, but you are the main character of your own life. You have to start treating yourself like it. I would always treat myself as um, like the backup actor or like the second, the second. Like I would never put myself first. Um, and as cheesy as the post-it note thing is, um, I wanted to become familiar with my reality. And I wasn't allowing myself to do that. I had no idea what I looked like. And then I would see a photo that someone would take of me and I'd be like, what the hell is that? Um, And then I feel like it would just trigger me more. So I was thinking, if I gain, if I give that power back to myself and I become familiar with my reality in the mirror, then I can be more at peace with myself. I think it's normal to have insecurities. I think it just makes us human. But um. I do think that I was at a place where I was like, okay, I have these insecurities, but I do not want them to stop me from living my life. Yeah. And the more I hide myself away, the more that that idea of hiding myself becomes more comfortable. And I don't want that. Um, I always think of like you driving a car um, and there being like 
cones in the road and the cones are your insecurities like you can either let them get in the way and like your journey is going to take longer and you're going to like weave in and out of them or you could just move the cones out of the way um and the insecurities are still there but you're just living alongside them so i think sometimes it can be quite unrealistic for us to feel like we have to fix all of these insecurities and we don't um i just think anyone who is listening I just want you to know that you are worthy of human experience you are worthy of traveling the world living authentically in your body you are worthy of these experiences um but you don't have to fix yourself before you do them like you are still worthy of doing them no matter how many problems you are facing within yourself um and that's something that I really had to like force myself to believe um and one of the things that I made sure that I did and I would never, ever, ever stop myself from doing, no matter how self-conscious I felt, I would never stop wearing a crop top and I would never stop wearing a bikini. And I've never had such a big belly in my entire life and I absolutely love it now. But I am so happy that I have got the memories from the last two, three years of me living my life in a bikini and I didn't cover up. And I'm so proud of myself for that, even though it was so hard for me to do, but no one cares. The amount of times I went to the beat, no one's going to remember me from being there. You know, it doesn't matter. It's just just you. Um, so, yeah, that, that for anyone listening, that's what I would say. Just live alongside your insecurities and, and maybe try and heal them along the way. But don't let them stop you from living your life. Yeah. You know, a big part of why I do this podcast, and this is the bit what makes me really emotional, is the amount of time and energy and effort we spend talking shit about ourselves feeling bad like the amount of times I've sat and eaten because I felt like crap so then it's like self-sabotage or I've been on a date and I've told myself that I'm not good enough so why would I even bother and and my body's not good enough to to be in this restaurant for example like it's just it can be all consuming and I just think it's such a waste of a life which sounds quite dramatic but people get to like we just, you know, spoke about our parents, people get to 50, 60, 70 and they've wasted, not they've wasted their whole life, but they've wasted a lot of their emotional life worrying about lies. And I just think what a fucking waste, like to be completely honest, like I just think it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, let's, so on, on that and just talking about weight and body and you've obviously gone through like the journey of fluctuating, which I think a lot of, a lot of women also experience, but what has that journey been like? And then keen, really keen to talk about fitness because there's also a lot of stigma and and I feel it um, about like going to the gym, but I go to the gym loads and it's my thing. And even I sometimes think, do I even belong in this gym? Because I'm bigger than bigger than and I'm not like I'm bigger than what a gym girl is but that's something I've obviously been told and, and we've been brought up that gym girls are skinny and they've got abs and whatever um but let's just have a conversation around that because I'm really keen I feel like you might have thought mm. felt the same things but then you've come out the other side so let's just you told us how you got into fitness but like you just talk a bit around your journey with that and like overcoming some of the stigmas and even the wording around like I don't know how you feel about body positive and all of that stuff but yeah absolutely I know that um I don't tend to use the word body positive as I know that that um represents the um like 
I know that like black and um, people of color started that movement um, and that was a way for them to kind of feel liberated in themselves because they were being so kind of like um, oppressed. So um, I don't feel like I believe I belong to the word body positivity. Like I know that that was a movement that was started, but that's why I always say body acceptance. I feel like everyone can have, um, everyone can be positive about their body. I just know the actual body positivity movement was started for um, them. But um, I definitely think that everybody deserves to feel positive about themselves, like 1 million trillion percent. And one thing that I feel so passionately about is gym anxiety. and it's a real thing. Like you get anxiety and then you go, right, what's going to help me with my anxiety? I'm going to go to the gym. Then you get to the gym and you're like, my anxiety is so much worse. Like, and it's just completely overwhelming. And I know you said like, you know, we don't necessarily look like the typical gym girl size, but you actually look, there are so many more women in there who look like us, but yeah. the focus is the girls that, you know, look like, the the gym girls Um, and I think that um, anybody who works hard you know you know good for you if you go in you don't work hard good for you you know you turned up if you get to the gym and you go I can't do this and you turn around good for you at least you tried if you didn't go to the gym and you think I can't do that good for you you're doing what serves you in that moment and sometimes I think it's important to push yourself out of your comfort zone absolutely um but what I think is important in your progression depending on what you want out of life um is find the right support groups if you find um that some people um are like oh don't go to the gym you don't need that like obviously you're going to have that sort of bad relationship with it the gym has also been a place of toxicity for me when I was in that everybody check me out phase um but also now it's been huge in my healing journey um and I've had to really adapt to a lot of things because of my endometriosis I used to do a lot a lot a lot a lot I've got a yawn brewing I'm so sorry um a lot of like hit training um a lot of burpees and I can't do any of that anymore like I literally I can I feel like a shell of a person to what I used to be able to do but what's the point in doing that if it's going to make me more injured what's the point in doing that if it's going to hurt me like you've got to do what serves your body um and I really always say to people knowledge is confidence the more you know the more you can do so if you're gonna go to the gym you owe it to yourself to learn um because you will feel so much more confident um because if you go there without knowing what to do um that's when it can become even more overwhelming so knowledge is confidence knowledge is power knowledge is your purpose for like the gym and what you what you want to get out of that um because what's, as what's your advice for people who are feeling like mm-hmm. they want to go to the gym but they and also can we just state that like going to the gym doesn't need to be to lose weight or to look right. a certain way going to the gym for me is more actually I'm going to take that back because I do go to look a certain way because I just I'm, I'm going through this process of trying to tell myself a different narrative and I am a lot better and I focus on how I feel versus how I look or that's what I'm trying to do um but for a lot of the time I do, it's exactly that I go to feel better I go to feel stronger um I go to feel mentally stronger and yeah. mentally clearer um so I just want to I just want to talk about that because I think a lot of people do think you know I can't go to the gym because my goal is not to be this go to the gym because it's actually so much 
it's there's so much benefit for mental stimulation for you feel like a different person when you come out and um, I oh, oh, sorry to interrupt I was just gonna say I go to the gym three times a week like I do my three weight training sessions and I feel incredible on my on my days that I go to the gym and then on the days that I don't just move at a bit of a slower pace you know things take longer to do conversations take longer to have like and I, I have noticed that difference um it's obviously important to have that rest um but I do notice the difference in how much more stimulated I am like when I've been to the gym like you know it's it's crazy yeah what I was going to ask is what is your advice for people who are feeling a bit anxious about the gym or like they don't belong there or they don't know what to do when they get in there absolutely I would say to people um follow follow creators or follow professionals that um, inspire you or allow you to learn about fitness in a way that's not going to make you feel like shit because if anything makes you feel like shit you need to stop doing it um you cannot hate yourself into a body that you love that is like period it's not going to happen um and I would say if you feel confident to take things slow, uh, please don't rush into anything because technique is the most important thing um, in the world. I have so many injuries now. I've got like um, shoulder chest tears. I've got like fractured toes. Um, I've got like back twinges all because I didn't learn how to do things properly when I first learned um, kind of like when I first got into exercise. Um, and it's so important um, to learn the technique first before you do anything so I would say learn how to do a squat properly just a body weight everything body weight learn how to do a squat properly learn how to hold yourself in a plank um, with your core engaged and I would say learn to do a couple of like those primary movements um, and just keep practicing those because all of those will transcend into other movements um, once you've learned those kind of like main things like learn how to do a lunge as well that's really important um, but if you just kind of like go straight into it, you're going to injure yourself and um, because amazing, you might be able to lift the weight, but you're not necessarily targeting what you want to target and your um, alignment's going to be completely out. Um, but once you do feel confident with the technique and you feel like you know how to do those certain movements, I would ju just pick one piece of equipment. Um, so I always say to people, maybe like a kettlebell or a dumbbell and pick five different movements that you can do with that Um with that thing um and then maybe try that like three times a week um switching out a couple of the moves every time but stay with your dumbbell um and you would just feel so much more kind of like it'll be such more much more of a rewarding session because you've like really exhausted the options with that piece of equipment rather than being like right let me do a few of these and then right okay let me put that down let me do a few mountain climbers right okay let me just go on the cross trainer for a little bit like actually really understand that piece of equipment and what you can do with it like it's quite liberating actually you feel quite connected to a piece of equipment and it's really weird um <laughs> but if you can kind of like pick a different part to use with that equipment it's actually really really fun um because you're like challenging yourself in a way not just physically but mentally um, but I do think fitness apps as well are really good because they teach you how to do things there's usually videos and there's usually a description of how to do it so you can actually reference that because the worst thing is like am I doing this right like what's going on um, so to have that reference I think is really important yeah. or, you know have that support though with a friend or um, have a personal classes and stuff or PT oh my god exactly um, you know even PTs but as, as well do not let someone treat you like shit like it's not worth it do not pay them your money um, one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It is not, not worth it. Um, you want to come out of that gym feeling like you've worked hard, but um, but also like you've not been treated like shit um, and that you feel like you've learned something, you feel empowered um, rather than feeling like torn down and more insecure. Like that's, that's really important. So that would be like my advice to anyone going into the gym is just but learn what supports you best yeah apps are really good actually I was going to say like if you don't have the means to have a personal trainer because they can be quite expensive just have one I had one session and I've been going to the gym for years and I had one session um with a guy just on technique and it was I got so much value from it I also I know you work with beyond but I work with we glow and the the app is just Makes you feel part of a community, which I've never really, I didn't really expect from it. Um, and it's really good. I A lot of girls use it as like a, their, they put their routine in, but there's loads of different ways you can use it. So I just use it as like a library if I'm feeling a bit stuck of what to do. So there's, there is quite a few ways to... 100% it's so important to feel like you've got that support. That is the main thing. And I think that's why these girls create these apps is because they have felt they have felt that um, and they have felt alone and they want to have um, that sense of community. You know? um, <laughs> they want to have that sense of community for other people as well. Um, and they, yeah, they don't want people to feel like they don't know what they're doing. Um, so I think the apps are a really good way to do that. 100 million percent um, because personal trainers are expensive, you know, like people couldn't afford to, to train with me and I wasn't setting the prices I worked at um virgin active I didn't like set them as well and I, I totally understand that it's not doable like if I was on the other end of it I wouldn't have been able to afford a PT yeah. so it's there's loads of options out there just got to research which ones serve you best for sure just a little side note while we're on the topic what are some gym like clothing brands that you like because I know a lot of girls struggle with this also me included um, I never know where to invest because it's quite expensive to buy gym clothes and then some of them you get like I'm quite tall so like the legs come up short on a lot of them or they obviously go see-through or they bobble or like what are some gym brands that you really love and you would recommend like investing in my absolute favorite is the seamless um hello sleepy is the seamless collection from Tala um like it's my absolute favorite um that's my favorite I also love Megan's brand um bluey like love it like it comes up so high like she's got a top that scoops in here just makes the girls look awesome um, but <laughs> like anything with seams I just can't get on with it um so I feel like those two are incredible I haven't worn um honor in a while um and I used to just be obsessed with like Gymshark but I haven't bought Gymshark in a long time so I don't know what like it's like now um I on the Gymshark hype you know 
I've never ever worn Gymshark, but I've heard it's amazing quality. Yeah, well, yeah, it was. I feel, I don't know, I feel like it used to be. Um, I don't know if, any, if if anything's changed. Like, I just I just feel it's not the same anymore. So I don't, I would just, you know, say that's, that's just my personal opinion. Um, but I think it's still a really, really awesome brand. But um, I don't really have any other, like, brands. I'm just obsessed with, like, the Tala Steamless collection. Like, it's so lightweight. I don't like anything that feels too thick. Um, it literally just, like, hugs my body. Um Oh, I honestly, absolutely love it. I might even have like a little video of it yesterday. Like, <laughs> I, I took a little video in the gym, um, and it. I just feel like it's so, like, if you can see it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I love it. It doesn't feel thick um, at all, and it just it allows my body to just be my body and not feel like I'm like. But yeah, that's, that's what I love. <laughs> um. Okay. Getting back to the topic. So. Let's talk a bit about accepting your body and gaining confidence because, again, it seems like you've gone on or you have gone on a, on a big journey with body. And, I mean, I've I've said quite a, a couple of times throughout the episode and I've also done, like, soulless episodes on my body and accepting my body yeah. and I'm finding it. And I'm kind of trying to do a live journey of it so that people can, like, follow and relate and dip into um, and I think I'm still on that journey of where is my happy medium and how do I remain content for a long period of time? Because I can go a week of feeling good, but then I'll have, I don't know, I'll eat something that wasn't in the plan on a Friday night or something and it can totally throw my whole game off yes. for, for a long period of time and I can feel completely shit about myself. So what are some kind of, how have you done it and how or and I'm and I'm presuming you still have like bad body days because everyone does but how do you strengthen that relationship with your body and become more confident and and content I guess that is such a great question and as soon as you said it I had an answer like straight away um just don't expect too much from yourself like stop putting yourself in this like you know like people say like hustle culture um I really think that transcends into the the diet industry as well and like how we perceive ourselves we've got to constantly be grinding on ourselves we've got to, I think as well with this whole like you said before about this whole like manifestation and working on yourself like that again in itself can feel really overwhelming just don't expect too much from yourself and I don't want to say otherwise you'll get disappointed but it's kind of the truth like if you expect too much from yourself you're going to fall short every time just take every day as it comes um, and I say to people if taking a, taking it day by day feels too much take it hour by hour and if that doesn't work right we take it minute by minute because sometimes when we try to think right I've got to do all of this like later on it just it just doesn't happen and the now becomes very um kind of paralyzing um and I think that you end up just being stuck in your thoughts frozen not knowing what to do um so I think it's really important to um have goals I think they're really really important to have goals you know they keep us on track but they've got to be fueled from the right perspective but also to not expect to do them all at once like what might serve you today might not serve you tomorrow and that's really important to remember like I think it's really important to check in on yourself as well every I say every like three months is just a, a a general thing it could be every week because your goals and your needs might have changed week by week so it's just so important to to do that I think what if 
what if I I am okay I come to you and I'm like Sophie I I'm in a complete rut I don't know what to do I have gained a ton of weight or I'm just feeling really crap about myself like what do I do where do I go from here I feel like I try and then something happens and it throws me off guard like what do I do what what's your advice for someone in that situation learn to accept yourself in that moment so there needs to be work that's done to accept yourself now like you cannot love where you live like if you view your body as temporary if your body is constantly the the thing that you need to change it is you're never going to be content ever even if you lost that weight, um, you, would, you wouldn't feel content because you are still viewing it as a temporary thing. I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when. Um, and that when never, never comes. I've been there. Um, a lot of people like either when they gain weight or when they lose weight, they are content in themselves because they've done that inner work. They realize that they are more than their body, but they still want to work towards a goal, which I think is absolutely fine. But again, I think it's fueled from knowledge. Um, a lot of people who have these like um, goals and they feel content with themselves, they've done the inner work. Um, no matter what body you're in, I just encourage you to do the inner work and understand why you may be feeling this way are you feeling upset in your body because you're not getting that external validation from people uh, because that's something that I had to really work on myself with when I gained a lot of weight it just I didn't get as much attention and if I got no attention and that really made me sad because I was like why is no one looking at me? And that was a really big thing that I had to get over. And it's very embarrassing to say out loud. Um, I think it's it's quite refreshing, actually. And I think it's more people need to be more honest. Like, I'm going to be honest, I I still seek that validation now. And it's something that I really want to step away from. But how do you, you talked about like the post-it notes and stuff, but how do you, what are some other things that you've done to help with that journey of just accepting yourself? Because I'm, I'm guessing there's people listening to this that I said it a few times on the podcast, but I once had a conversation with my friend and she was like, how the hell do you journal? And I was like, it's, to me, it's the easiest thing. Like it's writing in a book. I, it's the, the, the best, the most effective form of like self-care for me. I find it so easy. I find, feel like a weight's been lifted afterwards. But she was like, that gives puts the fear in me to write down. And I found that so bizarre. So there'll be yeah. people listening to this being like, how do I accept myself when I actually don't like what I see at all? Yeah. Or I don't like how I'm feeling at all? So what are some of the things that you've done outside of the post-it notes? So I'm trying not to cry because it involves a mirror, but no writing or anything. Stand clothed unclothed do what you want but stand in a mirror and look at yourself in the eyes and say I am proud of you honestly it's the hardest thing to do because you can say it but if you don't believe it you will see that you're looking at yourself you will know when you're lying um and do it every day like I I went um so I'm getting married this year. I went to London with my mum for like to try and find us some like mother of the bride outfits. She was having that crisis situation of oh, I look old. And I had that same conversation when you're 80 and you look back, you're going to think, oh my God, I was so sexy in those changing rooms. Mm-hmm. And I held her hand 
And I looked in the mirror and I said to her, I want you to say to yourself, I love you. And it took a little while, but she did it. She wouldn't have done that like three years ago. And we both did it. And I, cause she, she felt silly. So I just went ahead and did it myself and looked at myself and I genuinely was like, I love you. Um, and then she felt empowered to do that. Um, and I, I did see a TikTok the other day of this girl like sitting down in the mirror um, saying nice things to herself. The same sentence she said, and she put, like, she duetted herself on the first day of doing it. And then like the 30th day, and she said, you can seriously see the softness in my face um, on the 30th day because I actually start to believe it. Um, and I think that is so powerful in itself, actually just speaking the words, either having conversations with people about how you feel um, or saying to yourself in the mirror, I am proud of you. It's so hard, but it's so worth it. It's, it's an easy thing to do, but it's also the hardest thing to do. Um, so I would just encourage anybody just to try it. Um, and I think it's one of those, sorry, I think it's one of those things that seems so trivial, yet it's so impactful. Like it's so beneficial to to you and the relationship you have with yourself something you said there about looking back and I think you said it earlier um you said um yeah about looking back at photos that you just said it about your mum there it's funny isn't it I just this is just um a coincidence but I was looking back at photos of me in lockdown and I have really fond memories of lockdown I a big part of that I'm going to be completely honest is because I was in really good shape but I did it on my terms like I was doing body I'm one of these people who I think even now I'm trying to get out of this mindset that I'm like the heavier you lift the stronger you are the better your body looks da, da, da. and I did all body weight I was walking for like I did my hour walk a day but I was doing loads and loads of steps and and I just as dedicated the whole time to me like selfishly or not it's not selfish but um I just really focused on me and it, and I was looking back and the, it, I just looked happy. But I, it, And then I thought uh, in that moment, I felt the same way about my body then as how I feel about it now. And I'm two stone heavier than I was then now, but yet I still have the same feeling. So just um, you said something about the goal of being skinny or losing weight and you feel like in your head, you tell yourself, I'm going to be so much different when I've lost that two stone or when I'm that one size smaller. And in the reality, it's not unless you kind of work on your insecurities and your, um, your lack of confidence and that acceptance. It's, it doesn't matter what size you are. No, I'm so proud of you though, for realizing that because when you you do have those fond memories and you know you you were taking care of yourself you're moving your body and all of that we had a really good summer as well in 2020 like it was epic um but you were connecting with nature and all that sort of stuff and but then you like you said you had those insecurities i'm so proud of you for remembering that you have those insecurities because what we do sometimes when we compare or most of the times when we compare we forget we like glorify it um and we act like nothing was wrong so the fact that you um, the fact that you've realized that you felt those insecurities is incredible. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. It's, it's so important for like inner work yeah. to remember. Yeah. It's not all like sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> and I think, um, I think we idolize. And again, I think because we've been told it by the media, but we idolize bodies, smaller bodies um, or bodies that are in shape. And I think it's just, it is just worth noting like that smaller doesn't mean happier. 
um, by any stretch. No, um, can we move on to binge eating? Because you've mentioned it a few times and um, it's something that I really struggle with. I actually feel a bit anxious even going into this, like bringing it up, but just just share your journey of that and how it's affected you. Because again, I think a lot of people struggle with this. And I would go as far as saying it's probably one of the most hidden, shameful, like um, biggest things that women do that is not actually openly spoken about. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it there is so much shame that is attached to it. Um, and like I said before, when I was going through that really tough time of um, um, like lockdown, and then um, the second lockdown, the Christmas lockdown, um, and then putting on the weight, it was because of the like the binge eating. Um, and I used to track my calories a lot um I was trying to find the best way to say that then I was just trying to track my calories um a lot and I would like weigh my celery and it just it became so obsessive um and my partner was um feeling quite self-conscious in himself so what we did um like kind of mid last year was reach out to my cousin who initially got me into fitness because he does like online personal training so we said would you train Bryn um and would you help him he just he wants some support he just wants some consistency some stability would you write him like a training program um would you kind of like help him track his food so that he can kind of like feel structured because he's going all day without eating and then in the evening he's having to um he's having to eat everything so I would say that's quite triggering a triggering response for binge eating because um it's <laughs> crazy cat um because it's forcing him to like eat everything in the evening so as I was reaching out to him I was like well I'm really struggling so I need help as well so I reached out to him and I basically said everything that I felt I was like I don't want to weigh myself um I don't want to track my food I don't want to um go to the gym to lose weight necessarily I just want to feel happy in my body um and he has been so incredible because he has in, like he's gone through the same things um, relationship with food wise and everything. Um, and he was like, we're going to do what it takes to just get you moving your body and feeling good about it. Um, so he said, what I'm going to encourage you to do is to just track your food on my fitness pal. That word gives me a fringe um but he was like just do it because um we just want to see what your eating habits are like he said because I'm not physically with you I just I can't see what your day-to-day -day is like he said so just doing this will allow there to be no secrets so that we can get to the root of what's happening so I thought okay that's good I'm not doing it because I'm weighing my celery and I'm so obsessive with that I just I'm doing it because I've, I'm collating data to show him um he needed daily weigh-ins to again collect how oh, my cat's attacking me um to collect data so he knew what situation I was in but what I would do is I would get on the scale I wouldn't look at it Brim would look at it and send the picture over to him so there was a lot of things that I felt really triggering that I didn't want to be involved in and it was so amazing for him to um like cater for that um because for me my my happiness, my internal happiness, all of the work that I'd done, I did not want that to be undone, like at all. Um, 
so we started training with him last year um I really wanted to get back into the gym to to feel good because I felt so crap after everything I've been through with my endo it just completely inflamed your body I was like I want to get back to feeling um agile and mobile again and strong um and it's going to sound really silly because I never thought this would happen but I am tracking my calories now again just to kind of show him what my um input is but it actually fixed it's fixed don't think it'll ever be fixed but it's actually helped my binge eating because what it's forcing me to do is to actually get meals in during the day um if I eat um I say empty let's say empty calories but non-nutritious foods I don't feel as full um and then it makes me binge because I don't feel satisfied so my inner work, my self-care has been prioritizing, not just fitness, but prioritizing meals um, rather than just everything in the evening, just, you know, just eat everything. Um, and I did see a TikTok on that the other day. It was like, the reason you're binging is because you're not eating enough. Um, and that's because you need to make sure that you're re really eating those, those good hearty meals. Um, and you're going to feel more nutritionally satisfied and you're going to feel complete, you know, all of those things. And that was something that I really had to overcome was actually prioritizing meals and regular kind of like eating times because that had just gone out the window. Like I would make a full tray of like Rice Krispie cakes, but I would um, mix it with like a half kilo of um, peanut butter to like mush it all together and a whole bottle of maple syrup um, topped with many bars of chocolate to melt on the top and then you put them in the freezer. I would eat that whole baking tray like in a night. And I know that so many other people like, you know, like, so you just relate to that. Um, and it's allowed me to kind of say, take kind of take control again over my life um if I had to to stop counting that that wouldn't would not bother me what I've learned from it is just to to prioritize my meals um, and really get fulfillment into my like into my life and I feel like it's it saved me it really did because my binging was out of control um and it was just having the support from my cousin. I said, I, I need daily check-ins. I need, hey, how are you doing today? Can I help with anything? Um, don't forget to drink your water, like all of that stuff. And it just felt amazing to have like a really gentle support. Um, and he understood as well. He's, he's gone through a big kind of body transformation. Um, and he says, I still see myself as that first image. Um, so, you know, it all it plays on our mind a lot, but it's really helpful to have someone who was struggling because they can empathise with you. So I think if anybody is getting that support anywhere, um, they need to have someone who, even if they've not gone through it themselves, they can understand your journey and they can, if they can't empathise, they can sympathise. Like, um, it's, yeah, I just, that would be, what I have to say about that because it's exhausting it really is exhausting um <laughs> it is and I think interesting what you said about calorie counting apps because I used to religiously count my calories and then I went through a thing of I don't want to be chained to tracking what I'm eating like this can't be life like it can't be I don't want to do this forever um so I've not done it for a couple of years been really up and down with my food, my diet, my weight, whatever. And I've actually just started tracking them again, just because um, I do, if I'm being honest again, I do want to lose a, a little bit of weight just to feel a bit more comfortable. Like I've noticed my clothes are a bit tighter and I just want to get back to feeling yeah. good. Um, and then 
Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about them, but interesting you say then, it's more just to be accountable to yourself and know that if I'm eating three good meals, it doesn't, and it's also like, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but if I eat a ton of chocolate on a night time, it's on my mind that I then have to put that into a, an app mm. and it be, makes it a reality. Whereas sometimes if you do it, you I don't know about you but I just feel crap for three days and I know I'm gonna feel crap for three days because I ate loads on a Friday night so Tuesday I'll feel good again when it's all gone out of my system and I'm and I'm I've emotionally processed it but actually not doing it and being accountable is I I feel that's just a realization I had when you were talking about it then because I was like I'm doing it but I don't quite know why or if it's the right thing for me to do so true because it makes like you said it makes it that reality um but one thing that um I really found has helped me is to be honest about my eating habits I was really much very much eating in secret um, and it's really made me be honest to myself like my cousin said look you're not tracking these calories for me he said you're doing this so that you can be honest with yourself about your journey obviously he needs the, the, the data but um he said this is for you he said if you don't know something if you don't if you eat something and don't log it I'm not going to know he said but this is I want to heal your relationship with yourself and also for anybody listening you have full bodily autonomy on what you want to do um I feel like the body positivity and the body acceptance movement has been so prevalent over the last couple of years it's made people afraid to lose weight um if you want to lose weight please lose weight but make sure that it's fueled from the right perspective like we said before you cannot hate yourself into a body that you love like understand the reasons why you want to lose weight understand the reasons um is it because you want to feel fitter in your body you want to feel more agile like my dad wants to lose weight because he wants to be faster on the running track because he's a runner um or are you wanting to be thinner so that you get more attention from other people so it's really important to understand the reasons why you're doing it but you are allowed to do whatever you want with your body as long as your priority is your your overall health i would say yeah and i think in addition to that in the nicest most respectful possible way nobody cares like no I would not like unless and and I'm speaking from experience I used to judge everyone through my own insecurities um but I used to judge everyone and I'd think things in my head and I I don't do it anymore um I do sometimes but I catch myself and I'm like no Claire we don't we don't talk about people like that anymore but um nobody is look what I've learned is everyone is not obsessed with themselves I don't know how to articulate what I'm saying but everybody's so focused on them and their families or their own situations at home nobody's giving two shits whether you gain a couple of pounds lose a couple of pounds people people aren't that bothered it's like the thing you said in the gym like people don't care about people aren't watching you work out in the gym they're focusing on their own thing so I think if you when you once you start to understand that and you take away that level of pressure that you're putting on yourself it makes everything a hell of a lot easier 100% like you said we're, we're the ones that are holding ourselves to such high pressures um and then if we can't meet that we're so disappointed um and that's so sad like we are doing amazing you know like we are doing our absolute best um and if all you can do is give 20% today, that is 100% of your best effort today. Like, you know, we've got to stop being hard on ourselves. Like just what I've, I've tried to do is just every now and again, just take a breath. I realize how much I don't do like conscious breathing. Like, and I'll just kind of sit there and be like, 
because I know that that sends a signal to my brain to for your brain to say right I'm not anxious in this moment I'm calm um and it really just helped me just kind of get through the next five minutes and if I need to do it again I'd do it again um but just take take it like like I said like minute by minute if day by day or hour by hour is too much um and we just got to stop putting those pressures on ourselves because like I said before the calorie counting wasn't serving me yeah I never, ever, 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 ever thought that it would now. What I'm more focused on is um, like the macros, like the protein. and um, Yeah, yeah. Um, but it doesn't rule my life. I'm not thinking about food 24-7 now where I was last year. Um, and it's allowed my brain to be a bit calmer. Um, you know, it might not serve me in a year's time. It might make me, you know, go back to my old ways, which then I have to step away. So that's why it's really important to like analyze what's right for you in that moment. And I've always said this in my captions and stuff on my Insta, but you have like full bodily autonomy, like don't allow someone else's journey to impact your journey in a way that you don't want it to go. Like you have to be in control of yourself and your story because you're the only one living it. You know, like you have to do what's best for you and it's going to make you happiest. And it's so important. (laughs) And also, like, I think um, binge eating and stuff, I get quite a lot of messages or like when I do speak about it. So like if you are struggling, like, and I'm sure your DMs and inbox is open, like, please just drop us a message because I'm always open to a conversation or to like help or to share support because it can be a really shitty and hard and dark place to be in, you know. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's it. It literally makes you feel like you're the only person in the world suffering, um, and that everybody else is fine. Especially with these like curated Instagram feeds, it makes you feel like you're the only person struggling, suffering, enduring this. And it's just, it's the worst thing because you're already going through feeling shit about it. Um, but then also you've got that added guilt and that added pressure on top that no one else is going through this. I think that's why I wanted to be just so real on my social media because. A, I wanted to use it as a diary, yeah. but I just want other people to feel sexy. I want other people just to feel like if they want, they want to put a lingerie set on. Oh, I've got silly like so. Yeah. What what's I got to do with anything? Like you, so does everybody else. Like, well, not everybody, but the majority of people. Like, they have it too. I think what still we're in a time where people are airbrushing and they're editing and they're slimming themselves down and it's not it's not a reality to to be perfect there's no one who's perfect sorry to interrupt I think that's coming back a lot now though um filters and everything that are coming back I really feel like people were starting to accept themselves a lot during like lockdown um and now I really feel like um it's, it's going backwards again like the whole heroin chic is back and um I just I really feel I feel for a lot of people that, because I I was there and I still am subject to it sometimes, um, who do get sucked in by this. And um, I just want people to be able to write their own story and not be so persuaded by what society thinks is, you know, acceptable because you're acceptable as you are. You don't need that, you know, like it's it's exhausting. I think so. Um, Let's talk about endometriosis. I actually don't know a ton about it. Um, I've looked into it a little bit and I've got kind of a basic understanding, but just share your experience with it. You have talked about it and you've you've mentioned it throughout, but keen to just get like a your version of, of events. 
So again, I didn't know what it was. I'd never blooming heard of it up until like two years ago. Um, so I started my periods at 10 um, when I was like in year six, I believe. Um, and they've always been really heavy. And ever since 10 years old, I've been like doubled over on the sofa um, or my bed, just in so much pain. And I would just bleed like a lot. Um, thinking it was like normal and then um, a couple of years ago when I was living in New Zealand I said to one of my really good friends um, I was like oh my god you must hate the time of the month it's so horrible isn't it she was like I don't really feel it I was like you fucking what (laughs) 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 like and it was actually so massive shock to me because I assumed everybody was experiencing what I was experiencing um and it wasn't until I'd like got home um, and started to share stuff on social media, like before I got hacked and that stuff. Um, when I got back to the UK, I was getting a lot of IBS symptoms because I was drinking obviously different water. Like um, people can say that it can make them blow or whatever. Um, I was eating like my mum's lasagnas and stuff and um, all of these foods that I hadn't had in so long. Um, my, my stomach was just going crazy. Um, but then a couple of weeks went by and... I thought my stomach would settle and the IBS symptoms kind of went, but the bloating stayed, especially like the lower, like pouch just above like my pubic area, like the pubic bone. Um, And it was like rock solid, that little like pouch at the bottom. And I was like, "Mm, something's not right here. So I like posted like my belly on social media and it was like my whole belly was like rock solid. And every single comment was, that looks like endo belly, endo belly, endo belly, endo belly. And I was like, what the heck is endo belly? So I typed in endo belly on Google and then it came up with um, endo belly is like a kind of colloquial term for um, like the stomach you get because of endometriosis. And I was like, well, what's endometriosis? Um, and then Googled it again. Um, so basically it's the tissue that is similar to the lining of the uterus. It's outside the uterus, but it can sit everywhere in the body it can sit all around the organs um the only place it hasn't been found is the spleen i believe um but it basically sticks organs together it's excess tissue um it can cause ablations and um like sticky tissue um and it basically just fuses like organs together um and it can sit on nerves causing like sciatica um huge inflammation but the tissue i believe secretes um a hormone that um causes mega inflammation so that can lead to like brain fog and like inflammation in your joints um the legs dragging down like the pain that you get there um it's it's crazy um one of my friends has had 15 surgeries um because of it um because of like complications that you can get a lot of people get hysterectomies because of it but endometriosis doesn't grow on the inside of the uterus so technically it, people's periods can get so bad because of endometriosis but because the tissue doesn't grow on the inside of the uterus having a hysterectomy doesn't actually remove the endometriosis um so it's it's absolutely crazy um so i had um when i had my surgery um they found it in a, quite a few places um but what i found is that endometriosis only shows up on either only shows up or doesn't show up on 40% of um, scans. So that's like x-rays, MRIs, ultrasounds, anything like that. So there is so much tissue that can get missed. Now, when you're going and doing an internal scan, obviously it's not found on the, on the inside of the uterus. 
Yeah, so I, I had a doctor that said, I think you might have endometriosis. I totally agree with you based on all of your symptoms. Um, I'll refer you to a gynecologist. So the gynecologist did an internal scan. He went, no, all your ovaries are fine. I didn't know that endo didn't grow on the inside at that point. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, he was like, right, we're going to get you fitted for the coil. I was like, excuse me, what? No, no, no. I don't want to be on any contraception. Like, I, I don't like it. I don't want to be on it. Um so he was like, well, I don't know what to, what you want from me then, basically. And I was like, okay, well, I just wanted to see if I'd got endometriosis. And he's like, no, you don't. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And then again, lots of pain, lots of research. Um, I found out that the only effective way to diagnose endometriosis was through laparoscopy. Um, so the, the keyhole surgery when they go in. Um, and there's two types of surgery that you can have done. There's ablation and then there's excision. So I always think of it like a tree. Um, ablation is like trying to burn away the roots like you might be a bit successful on the surface, but you're not getting the roots underneath. They're going to know the tree's going to grow back. Um, excision is cutting those roots out. Um, and it's basically um, deemed the gold standard of endometriosis surgery. However, endometriosis doesn't have a cure. So even if you do get that endometriosis excised, um, it could grow back. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up paying... Um, I tried to get a laparoscopy on the NHS. It wasn't going to happen. Turns out it's like a two-year wait list. Um, and, the and the surgery that they do is ablation, which is the flamethrower sort of technique. Um, so I like to call it. And apparently it can be quite damaging to your other organs as well because you're obviously burning as well. Um, and I know that some people have said that their symptoms come back within two weeks of having that surgery. So I was like, I'm not going to wait two years. So me and Bryn clubbed all of our savings together, paid £4,000 um, to go and get my excision surgery uh, my endometriosis surgery excised at a private hospital in Wales and the um the doctor's daughter had endometriosis which is why which is why he specialized in it um so I ended up having it um all across my my bladder and my bowels um because I get really bad pain when I'm go going to the toilet like if I need the Lewis like my my um if I need a wee, like, you know, you're like, oh, I really need a wee, there's pressure. I will get stabbing pains all across, like, my lower tummy. Um, but I also couldn't go to the loo, to the loo-loo, um, without being shot up off the toilet um, because it felt like I was having, like, a dagger, like, part of my butt. Um, but this was every single time. Like, you know, sometimes, like, if you're a bit, like, bummed up or something, you get that shooting pain, you're like, oh, my God, no. Um, but it was, like, every single time I'd go to the toilet and I was like, something's not right. Um, and they ended up finding it um, deep in my left, the left side of my womb. So they had to, like, the womb lining, like, to cut open that and then dig out the um, endo there. But the worst place was on my rectum. They found it on my rectum. And what had happened was um, it was pushing, the endo was growing on the rectum and it was pushing my rectum into my womb lining um, so that when me and my partner were intimate, it would be like I was being stabbed in the, like in the stomach basically every single time. Um, so it was quite affirming for me to know that all these things were happening um, and I wasn't just going crazy. Um, but it is, it's really, really strange. So like stage four endometriosis means that it's more widespread um, stage one means that it's more localized in like one area, but someone who's got stage one, um, it's not like a pain scale. It doesn't represent pain. Someone who's got stage one could be in more pain than stage four because the stage one, even though it's more localized can be, um, more invasive, for example, like if it was just on the rectum or something like that. Um, so there's a lot of things that I'm learning. My friend who has it, who went to the same doctor, she, um, throws up, um, like 15 times a night, um, 
when she's like going through her period um turns out that apparently there's a, a chemical that is released by the tissue and um, if that gets into your bloodstream that's what makes you nauseous and sick and unfortunately that's what happens to her um it doesn't happen to me I don't throw up from it but I do get really like nauseous um there's just so many different ways that people suffer um and- are there, what are the what are some websites that you found really useful I'll link them in the show notes as well but what are some because it's like this can be a minefield, can't it? Absolutely. Um, so I'm just going to grab the Instagram so I can get the names right. But um, I actually had um, a live chat with someone the other day, my friend Anna, who's had the 15 surgeries. Her and her friend um, Gabs have set up a charity called the Menstrual Health Project. Um, and what they do is they aim to educate about endometriosis. So a lot of people focus on um, kind of the later stages after diagnosis and all of that sort of stuff and getting the support there, but they focus on the educational side of things. Um, so they like create um, information booklets and stuff that you can print off and take to your doctors and talk them through everything as well. Um, so they're called the Menstrual Health Project. Um, but there's also a couple of like amazing pages that like I follow on Instagram as well. Um, like the endo space, um, endometriosis Jenna, there's one called endogram and all of these people are sufferers of endometriosis who go through, um, like all of this. Um, but these are the sort of like images and stuff that kind of represent like what endometriosis feels like. Um, but I really want to do a post this month about, um, how endometriosis feels for me like if it was on the outside so I'm hopefully going to get someone to um a little graphic yeah paint on me so that I can like bring like awareness to it um it's again very very isolating thing you do feel like you're on your own um and then I realized why I couldn't get off the sofa for three weeks of the month was because I'd be going through like a flare-up which is now I know that I have to be really really gentle with myself um crazy there's so many symptoms yeah yeah and I think um I think again it's just that awareness piece isn't it because I I I also think a lot of people don't go to the doctors a lot of my friends actually just I'm a big advocate of going to the doctors and I'm like there's something let's sort it out but a lot of a lot of my friends don't want to go or they don't feel comfortable to go or they don't feel like it's worthwhile going and I just think it's that piece of of raising awareness of it Absolutely. Um, when I was on live with um, <clears throat> Anna the other day, because um, I've been gaslit by quite a few doctors, even though I'm an advocate of like going to the doctors, um, you just got to really make sure that you get the one that's going to listen to you. So Anna told me, because um, she, bless her, she's a bit of an expert, like um, now being in and out of the hospital, um, I think it's something like doctors get in their training career for endometriosis 30 minutes about endometriosis. Right. So, yeah. I was like, what, a day or a month? They were like, no. She's like in their whole career, they get uh, information on endometriosis for 30 minutes. So this is like, what's the, the trouble is now, what people are doing is like, you'd usually go to the doctors, wouldn't you? And you get a diagnosis and then you'd go to support groups and you'd find other people that are like you, you can talk and get talk and get support from it. What people are doing, they're self-diagnosing through these support groups, going to the doctors and getting gaslit, um, not being listened to and saying like, I, I know that I, I have this um, I'm literally been speaking to so many people um, about this and it's just it's like ridiculous that you're not listening to me um, I had one doctor say to me um, you're too young for a laparoscopy um, we want to put you on um, the pill for two years and I was like I don't want to be another statistic I don't want to be um, that other like number in your chart to see whether it worked or not um, and it was really like hard 
for me um, to advocate for myself. Um, and I said, look, I need you to find me someone that's going to help me. Otherwise, you, you need to you need to do your job, basically. I was trying to say, like, because he said to me, we can refer you for laparoscopy, but you're too young. I was like, I'm 24. I was like, I've been suffering since I was 10. There's something wrong here. Um, he ended up coming back to me, but they were all through like gynecologists. Um, and again, the same situation that I'd had before, would it be the internal scan? So I ended up just having to source my own um, like surgeon, really. So advocate for yourself is the biggest the biggest thing I can advise and periods shouldn't be painful like that is that's something that really really shouldn't be like it's I thought that was normal but it's not like at all I don't really suffer with periods but I, I've noticed a difference as I'm getting older the pain is just not unbearable but it's um it's a lot stronger than what it used to be but I agree like if if you are suffering like go to the doctors or get into these groups and, and they'll help you you know Absolutely. I dread every single time that like I dread every single time it comes around, like every month. Um, it's so, like, I fear it every single time. Um, so, yeah, it's just. <laughs> um, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Just before we go into the final question, is there anything else you wanted to talk about or cover? No, just that anybody listening, you're amazing. And thank you for, like, like listening to me. I do talk a lot. Um, but I just, I hope that today has, like, helped. Yeah, we've covered a lot of amazing topics and I think a lot of important topics. And I really hope that I really hope I haven't triggered anybody um, talking about things like calorie counting and stuff. It's just what's serving me right now. Um, but I hope that you don't feel like you would need to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm just hoping that you can stay true to yourself and stay on your journey and reach out for help if you need it. Yeah, and I think on that, you know, we we cover loads of different topics here. And I think if the if there are things that that trigger people, like please just open up and have a conversation either with us or with like someone you feel comfortable with, because I think it's the start of uh, unraveling something um, or untwisting something, which I think is always helpful. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's so so important. You have to self advocate. Yeah, definitely. Um. Okay, so final question that I ask everyone on the show is, what is your version of beauty? My version of beauty is living authentically in your truth and being honest with yourself, very much relating back to what we spoke about earlier, about becoming familiar with your reality. Once you understand who you are um, and that you don't want to change yourself to be somebody else and you can live authentically as yourself, that is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Thank you. And thank you, Sophie. This has been, thanks for being vulnerable. And also thanks for having a voice and being an advocate because it's so important, you know, to open up these conversations online and and show a bit of reality, you know. Absolutely. That's that's all I want, just people to feel related to. Um, and if I can't be that relation for everyone, um, then I'm sure there will be someone out there that they can relate to. But I just hope I can create a safe space for people to to be themselves and just feel like they're not being judged or they feel like they're not comparing themselves. So, yeah, no, I really appreciate you allowing me this platform as well to, to talk on these things. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. You're welcome, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and leave us a review. 